we're recording. Holy shit. Yeah. Welcome to Electric Enthusiasm, the podcast where we celebrate unironic enthusiasm. Like any good millennial, my knowledge starts and ends with Instagram reels. I'm Katie Cobalt. <laughs> we'll see if we can expand on that just a tiny little bit today. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Alexander Kaleth and I hate running, but I love running up that hill. <laughs> That's the only reference I'm going to understand. You know that, right? I, th- I thought I'd open with that and then from <laughs> we, we'll take it from there. We'll take it from there. Yeah. So Alex, can you tell us how this works? Absolutely. In each episode of this podcast, one of us presents a topic that they love, but that the other one of us knows little or nothing about, and then tries their damn hardest to spread their enthusiasm to the other host and to you, the listener. Uh, Sometimes we have amazing guests on who are super excited about something we know nothing about. We also occasionally, not today maybe, have the moment of meta where we nerd out about enthusiasm itself and talk about why it matters and how you can live a more enthusiastic life. Yes, because we think the world needs more enthusiasm and you should share yours with us on our website, electricenthusiasm.com or on our Instagram, at electricenthusiasm. Tell us what you're excited about these days. You can even plain old send us an email at hello at electricenthusiasm.com. <laughs> cool. Alrighty. So what do you know about Kate Bush, our topic for today? I know she was a viewer suggestion on mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. Trixie Mattel episode. Mm-hmm. And that you know about her and you really like her. So that worked out very well for us. Yes. So Alex, we'd like to start with the facts first here on the podcast. So what are the facts I need to know about Miss Kate Bush? So uh, your namesake, Kate or Catherine Bush, is an English singer, songwriter, record producer and dancer. Work. That woman has a very long list of things that she does. Yes, and she does them (laughs) all very, very well. She has been around in the music business for a long, long time. She debuted in 1978 when she was just 19 years old with my favorite song of hers called Weathering Heights. Made it to number one in the UK. First woman ever uh, to make it to number one in the UK with a song she'd written herself. Oh, wow. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, She has a long list of accomplishments. I have seen that music video. For Wuthering Heights, with like, like her in the long white dress and the black background, like green. Mm-hmm, and... mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. I've seen. Yes, that. yes, and we're we're gonna come back to that. Okay, because uh, that ooh. that that video is is just amazing. I didn't know it was her, but uh, that is an iconic music video. I have seen that music video. You said Wuthering Heights, and my brain went ding. That is absolutely her. Since that song, she's had another twenty-five top forty hits in the UK. Dang. Okay. Wow. How do I not know about this person? Exactly. Quite exactly. impressed. <laughs> Her last studio album is from 2011. Mm. Uh, she's made 10 of those and all 10 made it into the UK top 10. Wow. Okay. She's a record-making machine. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. 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 And, uh, and we're absolutely going to talk about all of her accomplishments. So, Alex, why are we talking about Kate Bush today? I mean, obviously because of Stranger Things, right? Why she's okay now. Now I remember. Yes. Okay. I remember which one she is now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there you got it. Yeah. So they needed a song for the most recent season of yep. Stranger Things uh, for Max, this really tough girl uh, character in, in the show. And their music coordinator was like, let's approach Kate Bush and see if we can get the rights to Running Up That Hill. And they did. Running Up That Hill, uh, when it came out in 1985, actually didn't make it very far up the charts in the US. But after Stranger uh, Things, it made it to number three. Uh, here in 2022. So that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's super cool. 
Yeah. I wonder what that must feel like uh, to be Kate Bush, to have a, a, a song come out so long ago and all of a sudden now it's like crazy popular because of some TV show. Yeah, we're going to we're going to come back to that because she actually she went out and thanked all her newfound fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been a fan of Kate Bush since the 80s. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, I, I discovered her when she made the album called Hounds of Love. That's where Running Up That Hill is from. Cool. But I love I love a lot of her songs. But here's the thing. I knew nothing about her. Mm. So when somebody suggested in a comment that we should do an episode on Kate Bush, I was like, awesome. Let's research Kate Bush. And it turns out she is amazing. And there are so many reasons to be absolutely enthusiastic about Kate Bush. Because uh, she's not just a great singer. There is so much more to her than just that. I feel like uh, this falls directly into our enthusiasm. It's about finding out more about the thing will make you love the thing more. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's a great example of that. There is so much I had no idea about uh, concerning Kate Bush. After the song got used in Stranger Things, People were just like so happy for her because a lot of people in music and otherwise just admire the hell out of Kate Bush. Mm. And I want you to read one tweet congratulating her on it. Read what it says and then tell us who said this. Bravo, Kate. Hands emoji. Records are meant, numeral two, be broken. Two exclamation point emojis. Remember back in the day when this woman had, all caps, short sell-by dates? Emoji of exclamation part and then emoji of question mark. We had numeral two. Fight our way through the testosterone curtain, comma, ampersand. We did it so that the girls who came after us could sing as long as they want to. With mega respect, kiss lips emoji, me. That is from Cher. <laughs> that, exactly, but, that is from oh Cher. Oh my God. Like the, I, I, I just, I don't feel like I did it justice. Like reading this tweet, every word is capitalized. Mm-hmm. There is no space bars between words and punctuation. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that she uses emoji exclamation marks and emoji question marks, Cher is still to this day a full icon, and we yeah. will never, we will never deserve the icon that is Cher. Can we can oh. we talk about the fact that she signed her tweet me. lipstick kiss emoji me? Like, <laughs> of course it's you, Cher. Your name's at the top. <laughs> I think that's just that, that's just amazing. Oh, that's uh, fantastic! Yeah. That is a piece of art right there. I would yes. I would print that tweet out and frame it. Exactly. <laughs> I hope she did. I um, just lost her. I'm sorry. Can we just one more one more thing? Fight our way through the testosterone curtain. Yeah, the testosterone curtain. That is the worst image I've never wanted in my brain. I actually I think it beats the glass ceiling, right? Oh. The testosterone curtain. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Thank you, Cher, for that. <laughs> that is now in your brain forever. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. It just goes to show that Kate Bush is widely respected and loved. And there are five reasons I want to cover why she's awesome. Should we go through them? Yes, we love a list. Don't we? Don't we? Structure. <laughs> um, first of all, her songwriting. She writes her own songs. Uh, she was discovered at the age of 16. At that time, she had already written and recorded demos of 50 songs. Dang. Uh 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 It turns out that a friend of a family member is David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. And he hears hears some of those demos and he's like, there's there's something there. And he helps her record three actual like professional master demos. Mm -hmm. And off of that, she gets her first record contract. And that's what leads to her first album. But she writes all of her music herself. And these are not just traditional pop songs. They don't have a traditional pop song structure or sound. And they 
borrow from all kinds of genres, not just pop, but also rock. There's a lot of folk in there, a lot of classical music in there, a lot of alt pop, a lot of like alternative influences. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, believe she's a musical genius mm-hmm. uh, to have to have created as much great and and different innovative music as she has. I want you to read this quote from an article in the New Yorker. The quote reads. She's got credit for her pioneering use of the Fairlight synthesizer in the 80s and the headset microphone on stage for producing her own albums and evolving an ahead-of-its-time sound that combined heavy bass with ethereal high notes, swoops, and screeches of her own remarkable voice. That is a long list of things for her to be pioneering for. Yes. also, it's really funny because, like, I associate like the head mic on stage with either Britney Spears if you're a millennial and Madonna if you're Gen X. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm like, oh no, that's like a whole other level. We got Kate Bush, OG Kate Bush. Yes, and that's in 1980. Damn. So before any of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super cool. Yes. So that is amazing. That was thing thing one. Then thing two, her voice. There's just no way to talk about Kate Bush without talking about her singing voice because it is—it's one of those voices that is just unique and distinctive, and mm-hmm. and and can, she can do things with her voice that a lot of people can't. Um, we should listen to some Kate Bush. So try listening to this song it's called "Cloud Busting," and and try if you can describe her voice. You know Ooh. what does it sound like to you? I do love a challenge describing mm-hmm. something. I still dream of Organone. I wake up crying. You're making rain, and you're just in reach. When you sleep, escape me. You're like my It's not what you asked me to describe, but just first off, visually, this looks like UK in the 80s. Like, yes. <laughs> like everything that I'm seeing on screen right now, I'm like, yeah, I buy that. Like that gentleman is wearing tweed elbow patches and has a very interesting mustache and glasses combination. Can you see who that gentleman is, by the oh, way? Oh, no. Am I supposed to recognize him? Uh-huh. If I say a movie star. He's a movie star? He's a movie star. Who's he? Wait, that's Donald Sutherland? That's exactly oh, who it shit. is. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh-huh. That mustache made it real hard to see what that was. Um, okay, vocals. Let me do, let me just uh I do have a very good uh it only works if you listen to the podcast, but whatever you're thinking about Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. Literally the direct opposite <laughs> of Tom Waits, where he is like low and deep and gravelly. This is high and light and smooth. It's like literally, I feel like your musical taste can be built on a spectrum of Tom Waits to Kate Bush. <laughs> I had not thought of that, but it makes perfect sense. She is the anti Tom Waits in that her singing is just 
it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful voice. Yeah, it's really light and it's like ethereal. Like the word in the quote, ethereal is a really great, great quote for what her voice is like. Yeah. Um, but I also quite like like nega. Oh no, I reckon Tom Wait is like the nega Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah. Like he is the shadow where she is the light. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are like some altos and sopranos and that kind of thing. Yeah. And her voice is what's called a dramatic soprano. That is such an amazing name for a voice. <laughs> like you're not just a soprano, you dramatic. <laughs> dramatic. Dramatic soprano. Bring the drama. Um, and I can tell that I didn't know this, but a dramatic soprano is a type of operatic soprano with a powerful, rich, emotive voice that can sing over or cut through a full orchestra. I believe all of those statements about that voice. Mm -hmm. I found an article about Kate Bush that has, I think, the best quote about her voice. The elasticity of her voice seems to defy all boundaries and convey such a huge amount of joy as a result. That is a really lovely quote. I really yeah. like that quote. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights was actually filmed in two different versions. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So the one you've seen with a white dress and a black background, that's the original version. Mm -hmm. And then when the song came out in the U.S., they were like, nah, that's, that's not good enough. We need, a, we need a different version. So then they created the U.S. version where she's outdoors in a red dress. So, I really hope it's still just her dancing and nothing else. It's just like, now she's in a red dress, guys. Woo! I want to, I, I, let's, uh, why don't we uh, watch a little bit of this and you can uh, react while you're watching. Uh, tell us a little about what's going on and, and, and see if you can describe her dancing in this video. Okay. Forest. She disappeared by magic. I'm pretty sure she is a fairy or a witch. God, it is a very, very high voice. She's also wearing a lot more makeup in this video, I feel like. She's also more evocative of the lyrics. Um, and she's also staring down the barrel of the lens. <laughs> How old was she? She was like 19, right? 19, yeah. Dang. Uh-huh. Here's, here's my question. Would you describe this dancing as necessarily good? It's committed. Uh-huh. And I appreciate commitment. Mm -hmm. Like, she's very earnestly going through the movement. Her lines are good. Like, she's trying to make lines. It looks like she has, like, a contemporary dance background, which uh -huh. is not my, like, personal preference of dance. But I appreciate that she's very committed to the movement. Yes. Um, but necessarily a good dancer? There is potential. There is all the video with the red dress of her dancing yes. in the forest, right? Yes. Uh, that has inspired people. Of course it has. Of course it has. Uh, of course. So every year on Kate Bush's birthday, which is July 30th, people get together and tell us what's going on here. Oh my goodness. It's in Berlin and it's a field of people. They're actually doing the cardio from the thing. Oh my goodness. The, the dude in the beard with the wig. I think is my favorite. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, me too. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yes. So dear listener, if, if this is something you want to dive into, every year around the world on Kate Bush's birthday, July 30th, there are uh, what's called Most Weathering Heights Days, where you can put on a red dress, uh, learn the choreo, 
and then dance it together with dozens or potentially hundreds of other people just to celebrate Kate Bush and her awesome weirdness. I mean, the enthusiasm of these people. I love it. I love it. It's mental. It's ridiculous. It's kind of insane. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that uh, they have this every year in London. I'm good. I'm so good. (laughs) I'm good. So you're not going to go? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I like Kate Bush. I'm not super into this particular dance. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Her dancing got better. I want to show you a music video from Running Up That Hill. Oh, cool. This is five years later, and she's clearly picked up some skills. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I recognize the song. Yeah. That mullet. Wow. Yeah, it is very contemporary dance, though. I just find contemporary dance really funny. <laughs> like, the amount of time you spend rolling on the floor in contemporary. <laughs> like, I can't, can't really take it seriously. No, me too. It, it is really along is. the lines of something like Martha Graham or maybe, maybe Pina Bausch. Uh, I mean, I'm still watching this video. I'm still giggling at it. (laughs) Try to describe what's going on. Um, Contemporary dancing is going on. That's what's going on. The amount of time she's been through this man's legs is quite impressive. Like, she, Mm -hmm. like, goes through his legs from crawling on the floor. She goes through his legs by going over his shoulder and doing, like, a little flip. But the amount of times she crawls between his legs um, and rolls on the floor, and they roll on the floor together, and they do that thing where they swoop into the fetal position it's just like classic contemporary dance stuff, yeah. which is fine. It exists. Is it my favorite? No. Nope. There is definite improvement. Like you can see like the quality of her movement has improved. She's still hitting like the same really nice lines and shapes and stuff, but now she has a lot more control and purpose behind her movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This may be me, but I think I see one other influence besides contemporary dance in her in her dancing. So let's look at the video for Abushka, which is another my favorite Kate Bush songs. Tell us what's going on here. She's holding a cello with a veil on her head, wearing a bodysuit. Mm-hmm. Ooh, she's wearing heels. This feels like the mime is coming in now. Yeah. She's still like just posing with the cello. She's kind of giving me cats from the musical Cats at the moment. She has this little claw hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like curling up on the on the cello. Yeah, there's another look coming in. Oh, okay, work. She's giving like Joan of Arc, but like lingerie. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe Sonia the Red from uh, Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yep. Yeah. So if I say, and you're the expert here, but I see some drag influence here. I mean, that's most pop stars pull from drag. Like that is no, no one is surprised by that statement. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like she's coming from a theater energy, which makes it have a bit of a drag energy. The silver outfit is more of a drag vibe than the other one. The hair is not big enough, but yes, I can see where you're coming from there. And some of the exaggerated facial expressions. Um, yeah, I could either, see that. Either drag or evil Disney queen. 
I mean, those two things are not different. I'm sorry. Ursula is a drag queen. John Waters had a drag queen he worked with a lot called Divine. Mm-hmm. And Ursula is straight up just a version of Divine. So saying like evil Disney queen is a, it's like your drag queen, evil Disney queen. It's the same thing. It's same the thing. same thing. Um, yeah, she's she's interesting. By the way, the music video is on mute, but I'm still watching it. <laughs> it's a look, right? It's so interesting. Anyways, I'm going to close that window now. That yes. Now yes. <laughs> There's a quote here from another female musician that I want you to read. And then I'll tell you who said that because that'll blow your mind a little bit. I think what is really underrated is the production. I think it's really original and really feminine. She created her own look and she produced her own sound. That's a very nice way of putting it. Yeah. Yes. What, it is very feminine. I can totally see where that comes from. It comes from a very like strong feminine energy. I like mm-hmm. this. Who said it? Who said it? Bjork. <laughs> I love Bjork. She's insane. <laughs> so even somebody like Bjork, who's very, again, very into yes. the visuals and is, is impressed with how Kate Bush does her thing. So that's reason number four why she's amazing is, is the whole production and all the visuals behind it. Yeah. And uh, so she created this tour. It's actually in 1979 called The Tour of Life. Lasted mm-hmm. six weeks. And there's a quote by The Guardian to describe it. An extraordinary hydra-headed beast. Combining music, dance, poetry, mime, burlesque, magic, and theater. Pretty good, right? Hydra-headed beast. Who wrote this? <laughs> what were you on, sir? It's fabulous. <laughs> right? <laughs> and she was involved in everything. Could you read the next quote uh, just to give us a sense of that? Bush was involved in every aspect of the production. Choreography, set design, costume design, and hiring. The shows were noted for her dancing, complex lighting, and her 17 costume changes per show. Because of her need to dance as she sang, sound engineers used a wire coat hanger and a radio microphone to fashion a headset microphone. It was the first use by a rock performer. Oh, so she technically rock, not pop. My bad. She's a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's insane. Uh-huh. Um, also, like, really, like, I'm so impressed that someone so young and also a woman who is so young was allowed to have that much say and allowed to have that much artistic uh, vision for her own show. Uh, I feel like that opportunity doesn't come lightly. Exactly. That she could do that and she has the vision to create not just the stage show, but also mm-hmm. all the amazing music videos, uh, all her ideas, all her creations. I think that's just fantastic. Do you, know, do you know who she's reminding me of at uh-huh. the moment? She's reminding me of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Taylor Swift is one of those artists that has a lot of say in how she's presented and her design and what image she's going to put forward. I feel like Taylor Swift and Kate Bush will probably have a really, will have a lot to chat about. Like they both, they both came to fame quite young. They both are very successful. They both have very strong artistic visions for how they want to be. And they're both delightfully awkward dancers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I think like having that feminine energy, being proud and being uh, not like necessarily like ashamed of being feminine. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing they have in common. Yeah. So Kate Bush creates this tour. It's a huge success. One reviewer called it the most magnificent spectacle ever encountered in the world of rock. Um, and that was the sort of the wide consensus among the reviewers. And then she never did another tour again. What? Never, Why? ever. Nope. Never, uh, never did another tour. Because uh, she does, because here's the thing about Kate Bush, and that's the fifth and final reason why she's amazing. She doesn't give a fuck. 
<laughs> she will do whatever she wants. Um, and if she wants to do a tour, she'll do a tour. And if she doesn't, and she doesn't, she won't. Um, so she's done a very, very few live performances since then, only with other people, only as part of charity events. Yep. Uh, she went on stage with Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd at, uh, at a charity event in the UK and sang one song, but no live tours since then because she, Does she doesn't want to. doesn't like them? Uh, she's, she's like, I've done, I did one, that's fine. I'll okay. focus on my focus on my family. I'll focus on my studio albums. And there must be huge pressure on her from the label and from, yeah. from other people. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I can totally, I respect her for being like, no, I did it. I had fun and I'm, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. I can definitely respect that. She's still making studio albums. Mm -hmm. Uh, but she bought a house in the countryside. She does a lot of gardening. She takes care of her family. Uh, she almost never does interviews yep. and basically lives the life she wants. So that's uh, an example of her don't, don't give a fuck attitude. We love that. We love a person who knows who they are and does what they want. Exactly. And that same attitude also comes through in her music. If you mm. could read the next quote from a New Yorker article. I really liked the animalistic cacophony of get out of my house. I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. All it suggested about how few fucks Bush gave when it came to getting radio play or charming people in any conventionally girlish way for its brazen strangeness. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I also think like brazen strangeness, one, beautiful quote. And two, I feel like that is girlish. Like every little girl in this world, for sure, at some point has picked up flowers, twigs and other bits and pieces and made a potion and tried to make their family drink it. Like little girls are weird. Girls are strange and like slightly demonic in some way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kate Bush is girlish. She's just tapping into that girlish energy as opposed to the girlish energy of wearing dresses and being cute. Sort of the witchy side of the, the girly spectrum. Yes. Exactly. Witching is something that's been said about her before. There is something in her videos, you know, her dancing in nature and that kind of thing. Yeah. Very, very hypnotic. The eye contact, the, the, the outfit she chooses to wear. I, like, yeah, if you told me she was a Scarlet Witch, I'd believe you. Right. There is another artist we covered on the podcast uh, that parallels her a little bit, and that's Mike Oldfield. Oh. Uh, we talked about the, in our episode on, on Tubular Bells, the album. Yeah. We talked about his career. Tubular Bells, his most successful album, came out when he was 19. He hated touring. He hated live performances, never gave interviews, retired to a farm in Wales to uh, raise sheep, and also indisputably a musical genius. Mm -hmm. But the main difference between Kate Bush and, and Mike Oldfield is that he's this tortured artist, mm. you know, racked by depression and black moods. And, you know, he hated Richard Branson, who helped him in his, in his career and that kind yeah. of thing. Whereas Kate Bush is just sweet and yeah. positive and nice to people um, and, and, and just, just she seems happy, yeah. which I can really admire. Like I said, she hardly ever gives interviews. But she did give one to the BBC after Stranger Things used her song, Running Up That Hill. Let's hear from the one and only Kate Bush. When we spoke yesterday on the good old-fashioned landline, I started by asking her how she was feeling about being number one with her hit, Running Up That Hill, 37 years on, after its use, very recent use, in Stranger Things. Which is just extraordinary. I mean... You know, it's such a great series. I thought that the track would get some attention, mm. but um, I just never imagined that it would be anything like this. It's, um, 
It's so exciting that it's quite shocking, really, isn't it? I mean, the whole world's gone mad. Well, I mean, you know, 37 years is the longest time, I believe it's uh, a song has taken to get to number one. And uh, it's also in America. It's your first ever top ten hit in the US, which I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what's really wonderful, I think, is that this is a whole new audience Mm. who, you know, in a lot of cases, they've never heard of me. And I love that. The thought of all these really young people hearing the song for the first time and discovering it is, well, I think it's very special. What do you think? She's she's very she's very sweet. Again, she's still very sweet, I should say. Um, and she seems to be very flattered by the fact that her song was used in such a, a nice way. As a side note, did you look at the other topics in this uh, particular BBC show? It's hilarious. So it goes Kate Bush, Lynn Finch, cost of living, and then electroconvulsive therapy. <laughs> BBC, the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> Put that in the same episode and see what happens. Right? Anyways, uh, Kate Bush seems really lovely and very sweet. I think it's great. She was a fan of the show already. Yeah. Uh, she's just happy for the song to be used. She's just happy that people are listening to the song again. I think that's, that's just, you know, nice, positive, happy person. Yeah. I think it's amazing. She does seem very, like, content, which is nice. Yes. I always feel bad for people who who get caught up in things and then become very upset about it. Yeah. And, like, have a terrible life because they were pushed in a way that they didn't want to get pushed. Um, so I really commend her on having the ability to just like hold fast to what she is. She never lost sight of herself. Yeah. Which I really value. Do you uh, do you want to hear the worst interview question she ever got? Yes. Yes. Uh, how's your blood pressure right now? That was the question. No, no, no. That's um, I, I'm asking you. How's how's your blood pressure I'm right now? I'm very calm, very relaxed. At that's the good because this might uh, ruin it. Just after she did her live tour. Uh-huh. It was a huge success, and then the interviewer asked her this. Is there a chance that you might give up, get married, settle down, be an ordinary mother, say? Fuck you! Wait, 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 what did she say? What did she say? How did she reply? How, did she reply with fuck you? No, she replies with, uh, replies with sweetness, of course. Here's her reply. I don't know. I don't see that happening to me, not for a while. I've got so much to do, and I think freedom... It's important to be able to do all those things. Good for her. Good <laughs> was, for her. Was there an implied fuck you? I don't know. Was there? I don't no, know. So. She no, she was very sweet. Yeah. She was very like, no one knows because humans are unpredictable. I like her statement about humans being unpredictable. I do want to punch that interviewer in the face, though. Maybe possibly in the balls. I Maybe both. Maybe both right both. in the, punch him right in the testosterone curtain. Punch him in the testosterone curtain and then when he's down, kick him. Yes, I like that. That was That's just, it's shoot. just, he would never ask that of a, of a male pop star. Never in a million years. No, no. So Mick Jagger, when are you going to settle down, have a couple of kids, leave this music stupidity behind? Yeah. Like an ordinary man. An ordinary mother. Yeah. Because mothers are so ordinary. What a wanker. I hope his mom got mad at him for that shit. Probably not. This was, again, 1979. I think that was perfectly, perfectly normal back then. What I'm so happy I was not born earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, how, how's your blood pressure now? Slightly elevated. <laughs> I'll go. do some crocheting after this to calm down. <laughs> yeah. Just stab things repeatedly. Uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was a lightning tour of Kate Bush. All of the things I discovered since I started researching her. What do you think, Katie, of Kate Bush? I think she sounds awesome. As usual, learning more about the person always makes their art more interesting and makes them more exciting and more interesting. 
Um, I, I'm super tempted to do an episode on Taylor Swift now, just because like you have like a very surface level understanding of Taylor Swift. I'm not a massive Swifty, but like I really like is that what, she is. Is that, as is that what they're called? A Swifty? Yes. yes, that's what they're called. Um, <laughs> I just appreciate how she handles herself as a woman in the industry. Like she has a lot of say over her world in the same way that Kate Bush did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm really tempted. Maybe my next episode will be about why I think Taylor Swift is an interesting woman in the music industry. Yeah. But for Kate Bush, uh, I, I delight in her, her response to stuff. Like she seems to be very much a woman who's very happy with her own company and her own vision of life. She's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also is very much like tapping into the the strength of positivity. And I like that about her. I like that she has a very strong vision for who she is, what she wants, and that she's very happy to go get it. But she's not going to go get it in a way that's um, like tapping into a masculine, aggressive, competitive energy. She's doing it in a very loving, gentle, like, you know, she is very feminine, but like the evil witchy feminine where I'm pretty sure she's hypnotizing me. <laughs> you have to do that, and I like that. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree with all of that. So, Alex, if somebody wanted to learn more about Miss Kate Bush, where should they go? Well, there's very little information out there on her, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a biography book, there's the Wikipedia page, but there's not like a ton of interviews because he doesn't do a ton of, a ton of interviews. <laughs> but we are going to link to some stuff. We're going to link to all of the songs that we played in this episode and they're amazing and you should go listen to the songs. You can actually watch her entire concert, the the only tour she gave. You can watch one of those in its entirety on YouTube. We're going to link to that as well. Oh, wow. And uh, marvel at the 17 costume changes and the and lighting. The and the lighting design. And the, and the and yeah, the lighting design and the, the uh, choreography and all of that. We're going to link to a couple of articles that talk about her as a singer and one that talks about her as a dancer, which had the best title ever. And the title was, I Claim Kate Bush for Dance. <laughs> that's very cool alrighty so dear listener what do you think about Kate Bush are you as big a fan as I was without knowing anything about her um, <laughs> do you have any questions or did we leave out something awesome about Kate Bush go to our website or our Instagram at Electric Enthusiasm and leave us a comment awesome you have some roundup for a previous episode yes because ever since we did our episode on the amazing indian movie triple r we've been inundated with (laughs) recommendations from uh, people in india on what other indian movies to watch and i got to watch some of them nice how were they yes they were actually very very good the first one i saw was called paraido which Mm -hmm. is a romantic queer comedy oh it's the one i told you about is it the one with the gay guy and the lesbian woman they get married to the beard get get fake married lavender lavender marriage yeah exactly uh, yes. It was very sweet, very funny, very well acted. Uh, I adored it. It was a cute little thing. And last week, Patricia and I watched Three Idiots, mm-hmm. which is basically uh, it's dead poet society for Indian engineering students. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that sounds very reductive because there's actually a lot more to it than that. But it's mm. very funny. It's very sweet. has a great message. Great actors. Beautifully shot. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. So those would be uh, two more recommendations if anybody wants to dive into um, into more Indian cinema. But Idol and Three Idiots. Great nice. Yeah. Amazing. If you liked this episode, which podcast would you recommend our listeners go to next? I feel like Tom Waits, obviously. The anti Just for like the, the complete opposite. Yeah. yeah Anti-Bush yeah, yeah. sounds immediately makes me think of George W. Bush and being like anti-Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
definitely uh, Mike Oldfield for a hit of musical genius, but mm-hmm. with uh, but tortured musical genius, mm-hmm. uh, but also UK, obviously. Yep. And for people just not giving a fuck and going their own way. Tove. Tove Jensen, definitely. Yeah. Uh, bisexual writer living in Finland in the beginning of the 20th century. Not an, not an easy time for any yep. of that. Um, yeah. Or uh, Josephine Baker. Why not? We do love Josephine Baker on this and show. We, Joe we, I, th- I feel like we recommend her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an awesome episode and she is awesome. So, dear listener, we hope you enjoyed sharing some of our enthusiasms in this episode. Please visit our website, electricenthusiasm.com, or find us on Instagram at electricenthusiasm to discover more episodes or to leave a comment. And now, dear listener, go put on a red dress and do some contemporary dancing in a forest. Yes. Yes. <laughs>